This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. It's a good one today. Oh, it is. Really complicated, actually, with many different angles. It really is. And and I think, you know, when we... I think the important thing is, is always, isn't it, with these discussions, we're just having a bit of a feel around what we think. We are not professionals. We are not giving clear-cut advice. You know, which is just our opinions. And every parent has a different opinion. And we always hope that people just listen to us. And we just might give them a bit of food for thought in a different way, as it does for us when we read your comments. But please, 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 we are not professionals offering professional advice. And on this occasion, we're feeling around the whole concept of the rights and wrongs and complexities of allowing sleepovers between kids of the opposite sex and the same sex and at what point does the sexual mm. component become a significant issue mm. Mm. feeling our way around that mm. and it's it's a tricky one it's a tricky one and i know that people feel very strongly on this one way or the other and as we always say for each person that's your choice it's just we've done things in a particular way let's see how it all turns out when they're in their 40s and 50s who god who knows <laughs> Morning has broken. (laughs) It has, which means it is podcast time. I'm a little bit tired because I watched the presidential debate last night, thinking about and worrying about the future of all of our children, American and British, Mm. with the potential leader of the free world, as they Mm. say. Mm. Uh, And it wasn't a wholesome, edifying sight. (laughs) (laughs) But you will hear, as Mark goes through this podcast, the effects of a quadruple Espresso. I think you say a quadruple bypass, <laughs> oh. <laughs> a coffee bypass. Yeah. So here we are. What are we discussing today? Well, this is interesting because we've had so many people asking mm. us to do this over the months and we've always steered clear of this topic. Mostly, I think it's me that steered us clear of it because I've been a bit worried about what Maddie might feel comfortable with us talking about yeah. and all of that. Anyway, we have been given clearance. We have been given a signed contract from our daughters that it's all right for us to talk about this. Wow, what are we talking about? Jelly? No, we are talking about teens and um, what age does it become inappropriate for sleepovers where there could possibly be the chance of sexual activity. Right, okay. Wow, that's quite an elaborate way of describing it. So the well, age... because I want to incorporate everybody. I don't want to say boys, girls, because, no. of course, you have you have gay, yeah. gay um, teens. You have... So I didn't want to be too binary about it. Um, yeah. So what age do you think it becomes inappropriate to have sleepovers? No, is it... But is that... At what age does it become? In a, oh, I see, because the older you get... Sorry, I'm coming at it... With the, I'm, I'm sorry, I'd approach the question from the other end of the spectrum. You know, when <laughs> This is going to be interesting. Yeah, I know. This is good. What we'll age have two is questions. it inappropriate? To, does it become inappropriate? Right, I see, yeah, of course, because I'm, I'm thinking of it of how young can you let them, not how old you let them. Do you sort of oh, mean? Right. Yeah, I'm coming at it from the younger age. Where, where it's permissible, not from the older age of when it's allowable. <laughs> so forgive me for my confusion. There's a very valid reason for that. And no, that's what I, it is. I think it's absolutely those two things. It is those two questions. Yeah. So, I mean, it is the same question, but it's curious that you look at it through one end of the sort of lens and I look at it from another. I do think that's quite telling. I think it'll be quite interesting as we move along. Okay. I think it might be a dad and a mother thing. That's what I mean. I think there might be something about that. 
Okay. And also the fact that I had a very so what liberal upbringing. What is the upbringing. flaming question? <laughs> there isn't a question. There isn't a question. What did the topic we ask of debate people? is 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 there you know at what point is it okay to let your kids sleep with members of either the opposite or same sex where sex could be a component in the whole thing? No, right. Okay, but what was the question we asked on Instagram? I can't remember. I mean, I can't go in my phone now. Okay, I think what we'll do is, I think how we'll start this is, as usual, we will go back to sleepovers. This is all around sleepovers. So, you know, what age is it okay to have sleepovers? What age do you have to start um, separating those that you think there could be a possibility of them wanting sex? Right. But let's go back to when sleepovers first start. Our sleepovers, can you remember your first sleepover? Did you ever have a sleepover? When you were a young boy? I never had a sleepover with a female friend. Right. Other than when I had a girlfriend oh. and then it was only ever over at her house. So the question never arose, but that was a byproduct of, without wishing to always go on about the same things, but it was a byproduct of the sort of shame and fear and worry and prejudice that I felt I was getting about um, people staying over in general, certainly mm. as a teenager. I mean, when I was younger, I just didn't have female friends. They were, you know, you played kiss chase. I didn't yeah. have female friends before the age of 11, yeah. 10. I didn't have female friends at secondary school. The only oh. female friend I had was Jane, who was my girlfriend. So oh, that's so surprising. I didn't have any female because friends. Because you don't, you much prefer women's company. I know, but back, I don't know why, but maybe it was the school I was in, I don't know what, but it, I mean, things were strictly along boys and girls' lines. You couldn't, it wasn't like you hung out with girls. You, we never hung out with girls. It was all the boys hung out and all the girls hung out. But because I was mm. in a relationship, I generally only hung out with, with Jane. I mean, I had one other friend, Bossaday. She was sort of with William. And so there was a sort of, maybe there was a small group for a little while, but there was no sleepover component mm. to it at all. Mm. But that I'm unusual in that. So I'm not, I'm not standard. Obviously, I've got lots to say about when I had, you know, was in a relationship with Jane and, and the appropriateness or not of, of sleeping over. But I never had, I never had that sort of, question mark that I mean let's be not be around the bush my mother would never have worried about me bringing home 18 people it's like mm. a scene from Zoolander too if I'd mm. brought 35 people over for an orgy she'd have just been like yeah go upstairs the bathroom's there and there's a towel you know I mean there was no there were no there, were, there was no sort of I didn't feel any strangeness around that yes. so I certainly didn't feel it was like off you know off the radar or mm. off bounds or anything like that um and so but it just didn't come up because of my social life what about mm. you well, um, I, I had sleepovers almost all the time when I was growing up. I mean, there Why were people that, that practically <laughs> lived at our house. Because yeah. um, I was in a strange sort of school. I was in a stage school. And a lot of the kids there um, ha were away from home and they were in digs, away from their families. And they were literally oh, right. in digs, you know, right. which is really hard at that it's age. It's quite grown up for quite a young age, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And so my house was a very warm and friendly house and there was always lots going on and my mum was always baking bread and making muesli and growing her mm. own yogurt cultures and <laughs> so it was the sort of house that kids wanted to come to yes you know you'd come in through the door and there'd be a gorgeous lamb roasting and the wafting of garlic and you know a mum at home I was really mm. really really lucky in that that I had a mum at home that was always there and always like you know available yeah and so a lot of kids liked that mm. So, um, so you had lots of boys and girls. No, no. Over. So, so initially I was at a, a girls' school, and so it was just girls. Mm. And then when I moved to stage school, it was there were boys there as well, and boys would come and stay over. And my parents didn't bat an eyelid one way or the other, and neither was there ever any hint of sexual activity between any of us. Right? They were just our friends. 
Um, and then when it moved on to me having bringing boys back, my parents never said a thing. In fact, my mum used to say, when you think about how in many ways my mum was a very old-fashioned, mm. traditional mum, up until we were late teens and then she was a completely hands-off mum. Yeah. But up until then, she was very strict about manners, very strict about being in at a certain time. Very. I think she gave us a really good grounding mm. at the beginning of what was right or wrong. Mm. And then... Um, I remember the first time I, I brought a boy back and he stayed the night. And I remember my dad coming in and saying, does he take sugar in his tea? And that was it. So was that in the morning or in now, the evening? No, you've got to, under, in the evening, you've got to understand, my father was brought up in the Middle East. Yeah. This is totally extraordinary that he can make this leap. And to that, I'm so grateful to him. Because he always just trusted me, trusted mm. my decisions and my opinions. But can I just clarify? So that was with a boyfriend, and he, he, your dad was coming into that situation. I'm just I'm imagining yeah, the scene because it's very vivid. So you were you, were you sleeping? To, were you in the same bed together? In no, there, no, or? it no, was no. somebody that I liked. And oh, right. gone out, and he came and stayed the night. We had right. uh, we weren't having sex right, or right, anything. Right, yeah, but come, so it changed from a group of people to one person yeah, yeah, coming yeah. to stay, and yeah. and that was fine. And then it was never like a particular. Thing You know, they never sat me down. My parents said, this is what our attitude is to boys coming around and sex and all of that. Mm. That was never a thing. But my mum's sort of refrain would often be like in discussions with other people. Well, you know, the last I would prefer them to be in an, on a warm, um, safe house than in the bushes somewhere. And that was my mum's thing. Right. And I just grew up. And she articulated that. that. She articulated mm. that. Mm. And um, I wonder if that's why. Oh God, it's just so fascinating what makes us who we are. Mm. What makes us who we are. Like, I always say to you, don't I, I never had... Now, I have been a big party girl in my life, for which I'm not proud of. And I often talk about I drank too much and for years I was, I was quite chaotic. But I was never in a situation that I didn't want to be in. I was never... Um, lost my keys or couldn't get home or any of that. And I often wonder whether that was because I felt very safe yeah. to always come home no matter what. Right. I didn't feel I had to hide anything right, that's from my parents. Yeah. And so I and and I believe probably Maddie's the same way that we we're gonna hear from Maddie, so we'll find out. And you know, when you think about um yeah I was just always very, very careful. I just, I only was really ended up, I was only really slept with people that I really wanted to. Mm. Um, and but it's interesting what you're saying there, so I should just yeah. cut in for a bit. But it's interesting what you're saying, because that safe haven thing is clearly a key part of you being able to do that. I mean, you know, I had a very different situation where, A, it didn't come up, but I suppose when I, when I met my first girlfriend, the, the curious thing when I think back to it, actually, given that my mum was very liberal and it was very easy and it was very fine, and I think this could be quite, this is going to sound like quite a practical consideration in quite a sort of, not philosophical chat, but quite a, quite a broad, far-reaching um, chat about sex and teens and whether they do and whether they don't. Um, I never actually brought my first, my girlfriend from the age of 14 to 18, I never brought her back to my house until probably once or twice when I was 17 before I went to college. So we never had the dilemma of sleeping 
in my house with my mum or my mum's girlfriend in the house. But there was a very practical reason for that too. We lived in a tiny, tiny exactly. house. And I think it's very mm. practical, very sort of menial sort of detail. But actually the thought, to be brutally honest, of sleep... I mean, my bed was a tight... I had a tiny bedroom in a semi-detached house in Greenford. My bed head went into a cupboard. Mm. So when I woke up suddenly, I'd smash my head against a shelf. It was the cupboard that was there. We just fit, pulled the doors off and shoved a bed in. So it was a single bed. And then my mum and her partner's room was literally the door adjoined my door. So, the, you know, the prospect in any shape or form of me even making out with Jane, you'd hear the lip kissing like Love Island. You know, it, would, yeah. it just wasn't even a consideration. No, that, and, that, and, that, and that's uncomfortable. And it's quite an important detail. That's there. very, very important. So, and I think... And I think that that is, you know, that's just basic manners. Right. That I think that right. you have to always be mindful of that that sort of thing. Well, it might be basic but, manners, but it might also be the reason that forces a lot of teens out. Because we're going to get to this like, this mm. common idea that your mum said, I'd rather it under my roof. And that perhaps is a luxury when you've got room under your roof. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think we should scroll back a bit okay. and, and into the, the idea when... when Lots of people will not let children have a sleepover at all right. with the opposite sex. Right. Um, and, of course, when whenever we talk about this, we have to take into consideration, of course, there's same-sex attraction. Absolutely. So, yeah, so absolutely. you know, what are you going to do with that situation? How yeah. are you going to work that one out? Um, and that's a and very, I've, just on that note, that's a very interesting one, obviously, because the son of a, a gay mum and, and, and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's a curious one because, of course, I often think, well, you know, how would I process and deal with and think about the fact of any of my girls coming to me and saying I'm gay not that they need I wouldn't think anything of it but it's interesting how even though I come from a gay family essentially uh, a gay a gay upbringing I've never naturally thought in terms of what when they bring a girlfriend over mm. I've never ne- naturally thought oh well, no they can't sleep over they, and there's a sort of is that not white privilege but there's a certain kind of assumption it's yeah. weird isn't it I'm, I'm yeah. sort of questioning my own assumption no, but, but I think we're going on the wrong t- track here because I think why are we always assuming that people will just want to have sex and I think to sexualise children Mm. too soon and I think we're going to hear from Maddie I think that's I think Maddie's got quite a lot to say on that Um, I think that I think that it's really wrong I think that I think that to, to, to always just, just assume, assume that there's a sexual that they're going to get to a point where they're going to want yeah. to say, why are we all so obsessed Maybe the adults are more sex-obsessed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I suppose... I suppose So this idea that you... I mean, I've... You know, when, it, when being a parent... Obviously, with my first two girls, I wasn't necessarily there for the whole thing and uh, of them bringing a, a boyfriend back and all of that. So I'd, I'd only hear of it sort of through the grapevine or th- via them and whatever they wanted to tell me. I mean, I, I never felt hugely discomfort, any huge discomfort around Maddie having groups of friends. Whenever it was a group of friends, that felt relatively safe. And I was never sitting there thinking, oh, they're sexually obsessed and da-da-da-da-da, or that Maddie wants to, you know, and that was all going on and that there was a febrile atmosphere and all of that. My concern, if I've always, if I've ever had a concern, has always been about the motivation of the boy or potentially the girl that's coming in that has intentions on my child. And I think for a lot of people, they might trust their child, but how can you trust other children coming into your house? The other really important thing is here, this narrative that we always have, that it's boys always wanting sex and girls not. No, I mean, because but... I do feel sorry for the boys that actually don't. No, there and is And they that. feel that they're supposed to. There and is they've that. got pressure under. But I was a boy. 
Yeah, but you were a boy of a certain kind, but not all boys are just wanting sex. And I think that that assumption is a really dangerous one because not all boys are like that and not all girls don't want sex. No, no, you agree. But But I I would push back on that because as a parent, as a father of daughters, one has to kind of assume or work from the premise that that's more likely than not. Because you're forewarned, you're forearmed, and having been a boy that was like that, admittedly only with one girlfriend, to be honest with you, and I'll talk about well, it. Well, with your girlfriend. And we, yeah, with my girlfriend, and, we'll talk, and you know, and there were lots of details to because we did sleep together, me and my girlfriend, and we and, and we did sleep in separate rooms too when I was staying at her parents' house, at her mum's house. It was a very different situation. That's where we did all the sleepovers, was at her mum's house. Mm. Um, and that was very different and very complicated, but... I think it's an interesting thing that you say there. We mustn't assume that, of course, when one talks in generalised terms, not all boys are one thing, not all girls are are another. But I think as a parent, you do sometimes have to operate in shorthand. Mm -hmm. And the shorthand thought that I have is that a vast majority of boys are thinking about one thing around their pubescent years. Mm -hmm. It's funny though, isn't it? Because the only sort of sexual thing that happened to me with the sleepover was actually with a girl. Right. Okay. That's I mean, I was. In, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not gay. I wasn't gay, but it's a normal thing to explore that. Yeah. You know, and we tried kissing with each other and all of that, and it was like, yeah, well, we've done that. That's a kiss, and that's right. it. That's that done. So, um, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right that it's important we, to kind of. Yeah. Is that not just a natural rite of passage, or should we be absolutely rigidly saying? No sleepovers. Mm. I mean, some people will say no sleepovers ever. Children shouldn't sleep in a room together. And I think that that's really, really sad. Well, okay, I'm trying to be a bit devil's advocate here. I mean, I think we're in a position now where we have we have hindsight with Maddie. We know that she's a kind of responsible kid. We know that she's not going to, you know, hopefully not put herself in a vulnerable position. We also know, you know, again, I go back to this thing. There seems to be safety in numbers. I always feel there's safety when there's two or three people coming to stay the night. doesn't guarantee anything, but far from it. And you could argue without getting nasty, you know, it could go the other way. But I would suggest that there is safety numbers, especially... That moment, it's the roll call of friends coming through the door, isn't it? It's the roll call of when they come through the door and they walk through the door. That's why I always want to get sight of them. I always want to see them. I always want to know how shifty or not they are with me. I want to see if they slide through the door or whether they're quite present and they're quite friendly and they're quite at ease with themselves. Because by and large, when you're that age and you've got stuff that you're after and you're wanting to do, it's it's written on your face. It's there. It's writ large. It's obvious. And I think, you know, it's... It's important. There are little important little grammatical points in sleepovers that I think are key. And one of those is meeting the people that come through your door, not just letting a sort of, you know, a sort of, uh, I don't know, a flow of individuals or, or one individual just sort of escorted upstairs. Though that said, most teenagers would just like to escort most people upstairs without meeting the parents. What do you think of this then? Um, a boy and a girl have been friends since they're, t- since they're toddlers, yeah. right? And they've had sleepovers. The friends are parents and they've had sleepovers. And they've had sleepovers couple of times a month all through their life Mm. then they get to 11 and suddenly the parents say do you know what no more sleepovers Mm. what do you think of that that's a very tricky situation because what you're doing by saying that is you're immediately bringing a sexual component into it that the kids might not have thought of will almost definitely not have thought of and i seem to think was there did we not have a situation like that i seem to remember someone at one point going oh my god are you joking and you're right that's difficult that's difficult but what would you do? I would it's funny, isn't it? still you get, allow it. 
You'd still allow it. But would they're you st- friends because, like you say, you can pick up on things. If I'm not picking up that they're becoming attracted to each other. But even then, I would, I would really feel reluctant to smash into that and say you can no longer be friends. I mean, we have a huge problem with friendships between men and women. I mean, you know, there's so much there's so much control about friendships between men and women. Controlled I mean, by who? Well, within relationships, within society. Right. You know, a lot of people are not comfortable with their partner being friends with the opposite it's sex. The old when Harry met Sally it's, syndrome. It's dangerous. Conundrum. It's a shame because you miss out on 50% of the population if you can't but, have opposite sex friendships. But it, and does that start right from when we stop when we start separating children because we have some idea of them being sexualized? But it does flag up and it does push up that very same thing that Billy Crystal was talking about when Harry met Sally, which is men and women can't, can't be, friends be friends without there being some, yeah. not necessarily acted upon, but some sexual component. I just don't think that's true. Do you not? No. See, I think I do. No. I think that I think that it's not between men and women. I think friendships are like that. I was explaining this to Kiki the other day. I was saying, you know, we we're so you're so lucky that you're growing up in a in this fluid society. Mm. We, when we were growing up, the first person that you kissed and you got a bit of a tingle, that's what you were. Mm. You were then straight for the rest of your life Mm. or you were then gay for the rest of your life. And you can fall in love. I fall in love with all my friends, Mm. but I don't have anything in my brain that takes me anywhere other than they are my friends. Right. But, and, you know, when it's same sex. And I just think this, I think that happens whether it's same sex or opposite sex. For me to be a friend with somebody, I have to fall a bit in love with them, mm. but it's a platonic love. But you're not and normal. And that's what he's talking about. Yeah, what do you mean I'm not normal? Well, I think, I think it's all, I, I hear what you're saying and I think you're absolutely right. But I think, you know, I'm taking myself back to it. I, I, I'm a very sort of, I hate, I hate to use the phrase, but I'm very plugged in, metropolitan, got in touch with my feelings, all da 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 da. If I take myself back to the 16 year old me, nah. No, nah, okay, I had a girlfriend. But I, so, you know, on one level, you know, we were having sex yeah, a lot. Yeah, obviously with teens, we were, I think yeah, it is yeah, different. Yeah, it's a completely I'm different thing. About if I moved... wasn't with Jane, if I hadn't been with Jane, I'd have probably been the same. I'd be like, yeah, all right, okay. No, but, well, no, but what I'm talking about is that that kind of separation that we do when people are younger, I think affects us in older age about having friendships with the opposite sex. Mm. Because, I, and does it start right from this when we start going, okay, it's time mm. to separate you now? Because now that you could, sex could be involved in this. And that's where that Harry Met Sally sinking thinking comes mm. in. Well, you what know, do you think about the thing I just I, said? I think you fall in love with people and some people you want sex yeah. with and some people you don't. That's what I think. Right. I don't think falling in love is just about it then moving to a sexual relationship. No, and that's sure. what I love when this generation, I found it very difficult at the beginning to understand fluidity and all of this because it just wasn't in our vocabulary. But I kind of see what I can't, I get it. I mm. get it now. And I think that they're, I think that they're really lucky that they have those options open to them. Oh. And I think we get scared when people have deep feelings for each other. We get scared. What does this mean? Is this person going to then now want sex with this person and move away from me? And we kind of do that with little children. But we don't just do it from a place of control and, and reducing no, them down to the a, simplest. Hang on, yeah. let me say something. Reducing it down to the simplest impulse. I'm not saying that in a negative. I'm not saying it like it shouldn't happen. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it, it's like, you know, it's the only way they are. We're talking about hormonal teenagers. And all I'm saying is, is that I do think as a father, you know, however responsible you feel your own child, 
child is. And I think it's very different when you're the father of a, when you're the parent of a daughter and it's someone coming to your daughter's bedroom than a daughter going to, you know, a son's bedroom or whatever. My concern is always around what are the intentions of that boy? Because even the most well-meaning of boys can be, you know, for a boy to learn and discover how to start the process of being sexual is often clumsy. Yeah. It's often riddled with self-doubt, fear, yeah. misjudgments, overshooting, not, sh- you know, sorry, mm. don't mean to use that phrase, but you know what I mean? In terms of like reach, you know, there are a lot, there's a lot, and that's part of the fumbling excitement, but also the fumbling struggle of being a teenager. And that's why I'd never want to go back. There is what's the right judgment? How do I, and all of that mm. can, you know, if you're not, if you're sanctioning that within a room yeah. that is in your house how do you know that that's not going to get out yeah. of hand? Not with actually malicious yeah, you're intent. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yes, you're right. It's, th- there isn't an easy answer no. to this, is there? And I suppose at the end of the day, you have to go with what your gut instinct is for your particular child. But I do think a blanket, no boys, no girls, I think wouldn't work for me as a parent. And no. maybe that's because that's not how I was parented. But I understand that for some parents and for some children, those very, very clear boundaries mm. are absolutely what works. I mean, I but struggle what I would say is you don't guarantee that your child is not going to have sex. You don't guarantee no. that your child isn't going to... Because where there is a will, there is a way and they will find Oh, for sure, way, for sure. Won't they? Yeah, and I... But, but I do... I, you know, sometimes I really think to myself, I wish in a way I had been more one fit one size fits all it would be it would have been easier for parents say for instance this as a oh no i'll never let anybody stay right because it's kind of easier but I, we yeah, wrangle with but I think this, you make an interesting we? point there. I think you make an interesting point. And that's where I think we kind of drop the ball as parents. If you are just mm. rigidly one thing in anything mm. as a parent, I think really you can only ever really be making that one thing decision because you want to make your life manageable. Mm. And I don't think being a parent is about everything being as manageable as you want. I mean, this is not me saying you don't have strict rules and boundaries and all that kind of stuff, snowflake generation. I'm not suggesting that. But I think certainly on this issue, there is no absolute scientifically correct way way to approach this for all children so no, you have to you have to deal with the individualities yeah. of the child involved but then even with the individuality of your own child you have different children you have to deal with each of them differently and then with the nature of their friendship circle i mean you know you're going to have some kids that have no good no hopers with with horrible intent i mean there are groups of kids that just mm-hmm. want to take drugs and want to be opportunistic want to grab stuff want to do this you know so You've got to be, I think it's about having to take the time in whatever stealthy way you can, whether it be the walkthrough, whether it be asking your your child about the kids that are coming later today. I mean, they're not necessarily going to tell you anything. I think the really important thing as well is, is that you don't, that you don't, if if you don't want your children to ever have anybody to sleep over, that sex isn't made into something that's shameful Mm. and you've brought disgrace on the family and all of that. Mm. For, for us, obviously, mm. everybody is very, very, uh, you know, it's it's your own opinion. Yeah. But for me, I never wanted my children growing up thinking that there was something wrong about sex. I want them to understand the only thing wrong about sex is if you feel pressured into yes. it or you're having it with somebody for any other reason other than you wanted to. Yeah. And that's what I would always... But I don't want them to, them to be shamed. And I found it very difficult to do it, but I do talk... I mean, you're never there when I have these conversations with the girls, but I have very open conversations with them about sex in a very in a very relaxed manner mm. because I don't want them going out into the world. Well, they'd hate it if I had those conversations. Yeah, with it's, them. it's I mean, you the, know, it's the right, just the way it is. Yeah, it's just the way it is. 
A slightly different scenario here, because, I mean, I really hear what you're saying. You know, the idea of if, say, Maddie or one of our children is friends with a boy and there's a potential that... Because the thing is, there's this idea that there's a neat moment where boy, yeah. you go from friend to boyfriend to girlfriend. Never works like that. It's all about an accident here or a moment here or a realisation there or, a, oh, my God, I didn't realise, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So I can understand how saying to your daughter, you know, saying to Maddie, oh, do you think you should sleep in separate rooms now that you're this age, could sort of bring a sexual component that they'd never considered... What about this situation, though, where you know your child is in a sort of romantic relationship with a boy or that they're dating and that they're going out and that he's coming over to stay the night? Do you enact different rooms? Do you say, yes, that's fine, but I want you sleeping in different rooms? And the reason I ask that is because that's what happened to me and Jane when I used to stay at her, at her house. How just, did that feel? Just her and her mum. Well, I didn't care, I didn't care less because I knew that the room I was sleeping in, the stairs went straight up to... <laughs> to her room. So we knew that when they went to bed, I would quietly tiptoe upstairs. Oh and, 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 well, she wouldn't tiptoe down because that would mean we were closer to her mum's room. So that was just the deal. And, and do you think, think her mum knew? I think her mum absolutely knew. Yeah. But I think her mum wanted to feel that she'd put in place yeah. the right thing. And I think on the I one hand... there's you, something good about that. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And I think at the same time, I think, you know, it, it's kind of like a bit toothless and it's a bit kind of like, it's a bit like, what do they yeah. call it? It's like a, you know, it's like a, it's, it's, it's like a chocolate candle, whatever that, that phrase is. And that was obviously is. the way that it worked for her mum. Yes. I think also when people say, absolutely never in our house, I think if that works for you, yes. that's what you should do. Yeah. I, I think it'd be really good to hear from the kids yeah. now because I think... Yeah, let's do it. Let's hear... I'm, I'm a little I bit I have to scared. confess, the whole tiptoeing up the stairs made the whole thing infinitely more exciting exactly yeah right this is our maddie in my opinion i find it i don't understand why someone wouldn't be allowed you know to sleep over at the opposite also i'll tell you what really annoys me is how people always are like you know if it's a girl and there's going to be a boy there it's like oh no you can't go there if there's a boy or if it's a boy and there's a girl there oh no you can't go there if there's a girl there because that's just assuming everybody's straight as well do you know what i mean like if you're going to be fine with your daughter sleeping over at a girl's house, what if she was a lesbian, you know? It's it's back to assuming and all of this. But anyway, if we're talking as it just being the opposite sex, um, I find it really... Um, I mean, I can see why, but in my opinion, I find it really silly when parents don't let their kids sleep over at the opposite sex's house. Obviously, I understand the fears, especially if it's, you know, one girl and a group of boys, one boy and a group of girls. I can understand why parents would worry about that stuff and assume, you know, <laughs> um, sexual things. But I think it's really small-minded for a lot of adults' parents to assume that we're, we only think about sex and all of that kind of stuff. Like, I've slept over at many... Uh, guys' houses that, you know, that my friends. And, you know, that's never even entered my head. Like, you know, it's just... It's an innocent sleepover. And... Um, or it's been, you know, I haven't been able to get home safe, so... And I've been at their house, so it just makes more sense to stay there. Do you know what I mean? So I... And, I like, yeah, so there's a lot of my friends... So all my friends' parents are quite... They're, you know, they're fine about sleepovers and all of that, but a lot of them tend to prefer their kids to come home if they can, um, you know, like after a party or something when it's quite late. But my parents, and it would be the same with me if I was a parent, I would much prefer my child to just uh, stay the night at wherever they are. Obviously, obviously, if only if it's someone they know and, like, someone 
they feel safe with and they want to. Um, but I would rather that than them come back late, you know, possibly be in danger, um, have me worrying. Uh, so I feel like a lot of the time, um, letting your child sleep over at somebody else's is a better option and a safer option. Um, and just like everything else, I think when parents protect or restrict their kids from that too much, they'll end up doing it in a more dangerous way. Um, like everything else, if you protect your kid from something too much, they just get curious and then they want to, you know, um... It's the same with, you know, parents that don't allow their kids to have sex until a certain age. And I think, yeah, it's the same there. They will just end up having it earlier or they'll just have unsafe sex, do you know what I mean? And it's the same with the sleepover thing. I think my first sleepover was with my friend at primary school. Um, it must have been about... Ooh, maybe seven. And it was really fun, you know. And then I think my first sleepover where there was a boy, I was probably like 11 and we just watched... It wasn't just a boy, it was, it was like three girls and a boy. And, you know, we just watched horror films and ate food. Like, you know, it, people to just... Assume, obviously, 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 um, we're teenagers and many teenagers do have a quite a big sex drive, but to just assume that's all there ever is is really is small-minded, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and my parents also have been... have always been really comfortable with, like, my boyfriend sleeping over, um, which I know a lot of parents aren't. And, you know, I don't really see how that's smart either because if you don't let your child's other half, like, sleep over because, you know, you don't want them having sex in your own house or something. They'll just end up having sex in possibly a dangerous place. Do you know what I mean? They'll just... It will just... This is the thing. When you stop teenagers from doing something, they don't not do it. They just do it without you knowing and it possibly being in a unsafe situation. And it would have just been better if you just let them. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and... But, yeah, I just, I just... I don't know, it bothers me because I just know that if I was a parent, I wouldn't do all of this. I would want a really open relationship with my kid. And I feel like if you're a parent that doesn't let your kid sleep over, doesn't let them, you know, stay the night with somebody of the opposite sex and fear of, I know, sexual stuff happening, then you're just not going to have trust from your child and they're not going to be open with you. And why would you not want an open relationship with your child? Uh, it's just, it's weird. Um... Yeah, and it something about parents doing that to their children is like them assuming that we can't have our own lives. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, we're always going to be your child, but at the end of the day, we're our own human being as well. And <laughs> we want to stay the night with somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Like, you only live once. Um, yeah, I just, I think it's it's rather... <laughs> a rather strange thing to stop your kid from doing in my opinion in my opinion obviously for some people it works um but yeah I just I've never seen the problem with it and I've never felt uncomfortable in a situation where I've spent the night with a guy I've I've had a sleepover with like three of my guy friends 
I didn't feel uncomfortable at all. I, we had a great time. Like, we just, like, ate loads of food, watched loads of films. Like, you know, it, we're, we're quite innocent, really. Um, but, yeah, I just... I think it's important for parents that don't let their kids do this to know that that's not all we think about you. I mean, we do just actually eat crisps and watch horror films. <laughs> eat crisps okay. and watch horror films. Yeah, you see, innocence. Yeah, yeah. People say, people will often say, how do I protect my child's innocence? Mm. But I think sometimes we take away their innocence by assuming things yes. that they're nowhere near at. But this is not easy. No, I was about to and say actually, that. we're going to get to the end of this podcast and we're going to have nothing actually concrete to say. Well, no, because I think it's so, it's such a movable feast. It's so dependent on the individual. It's so dependent. And also, as she was saying that, I couldn't help you be, being drawn back to the really boring practical <laughs> issue of if, like in this current situation, as Maddie just says, we're happy with her bringing her boyfriend over. If that was happening in the room down the end of our hall, I wouldn't be as comfortable. No. I mean, there's the practical issues yeah. of hearing children have sex, hearing your teens have sex, knowing they might be having sex. I mean, it's well and good if it's in a part of the house that you've not, you're not particularly close to. And we're very blessed and very lucky to have that facility, as were you when you were young. I didn't have that. Mm. I did have that when I was at Jane, my girlfriend's mum's mm. house. She had, well, she had so many floors. It, the vast majority of people with kids don't have a lot of room. Well, I've got to tell you this story of a friend of mine. <laughs> this is before I had kids, all the kids were really small. <laughs> and she said it just and she's a fairly prim person actually and she said it with just just absolutely no embarrassment at all she said oh dear she had a very lovely little cottage tiny little mm. cottage and she said oh dear she said i was dying for a woke up in the middle of the night last night she said, I was dying to go down and make a cup of tea but i could hear beep that's her daughter and beep I just went, oh, such wild sex oh in the kitchen. God. And I could hear everything. Oh. And I was like, oh, what my hideous God. Oh, my God. But oh also, God. how could they dare have it in the kitchen? Well, I, think that is... I mean, you've got to have a bit of decorum. Well, I was about to say, there, is, mean, there is some onus on the teenager. In, how could you have is... sex in the kitchen when anybody else well, is that's in my the point, house? Well, that's my point. But also, how can you do it? I mean, presumably <laughs> teens don't want to be caught by their parents. <laughs> So why do it in such a public place? But I do think... You that know, was mortifying. That must have been mortifying. Oh, I wouldn't want to be able to hear a single thing. But those practical but I don't think considerations when, are... I think I think the thing is, and I wonder if we're missing a bit of the point here. Yes, practical to, to one side, and I, I totally agree with you, and I think it's a really important point to make. But I think also, we just... And Maddie said it there, we're just humans living our life. I think we find it very difficult to accept when our children become... Don't get sexual, me wrong, listen to... Yeah. Become sexual beings. And that's why I've always said to them, so don't say that because one day sex will become a, a lovely thing for you mm. and you will really enjoy it. And that's your right to do that. But I think a lot of people can't come to terms with that because they can't get away from their grown adult child and from them being a little child. And we shouldn't resent... Well, no, not resent. That's not the wrong... That's the wrong word. We shouldn't... I think we've got to work really hard to not be disgusted with the fact that our children are going to grow up and want to have sex and have a good sex life. No, I agree. And I think if you listen to, listener, if you go back to some of our earliest podcasts that we and chats that we did, 
I think we talked about, you know, when, you know, my horror of when the girls wear clothes that's perhaps revealing and all this kind of stuff. It's a journey. And I think even in the process of these discussions, we are growing and changing as parents ourselves because our girls are getting older and we're getting more used to it. So you're right. I think it's really important to stress it's not easy. So if you're a parent out there with a 12 or 13 year old and you're entering this, what I call the sort of the gully of hormones, it's really key to hear comments like that from, from Maddie. One of the things that's helped me a lot with uh, coming to terms with it because I'm, I'm like any dad of course on one level I don't want to be thinking about my daughters having sex Ever with anyone sex, I, mean, yeah. I mean that's just an abhorrent thought not when I, I don't want them to be happy and all that kind of stuff it's just like because I know it, it becomes an intensely complicated thing mm. sometimes it, it becomes all about you know a lot of women sort of Huge feel adjustment. pressure Huge. adjustments it just opens up a whole mm. new sort of treasure trove of Worry. Potential worry and <laughs> nightmares and pregnancy, all, all of that stuff. You know, is it the right person? How is it happening? And what conditions is it happening? And I do have to say, I think as a man who was a boy <laughs> uh, and who's had his wild years, you know, I know. I know what men are like. I know what even the nicest Come men on, are, are like. Come on, don't put all men into no, one No, 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 I'm not bucket. putting all men. No, and I'm, what, but what I'm about to say is to contradict that. What has really encouraged me and calmed me down in, in, in more recent years is taking the time to mm. listen to Maddie talk about her friends, and I think this is what I would advise parents, be st- not stealthy in a kind of underhand way, but be genuinely interested. Hear about their their friendship groups. Hear about what their interests are. Get a sense of what their friendship groups are like. And you can start to make your own assessments away from your child. Because I've been encouraged, actually, when I meet many of the boys that Maddie's friends with, I've been encouraged by their attitudes to things mm. and their respect for girls mm. and their respect... Like she you says, know. you know, we like hanging out. Even yeah. and watching films. It's yeah. not just all about sex. I think we should hear from Carlitos, let's. though. We love to have the male POV. So let's listen to Carlitos, who is um, 16 now. I think this really depends on the situation, you know. I think it depends on the parents and their boundaries. I think it depends on the age of the children and their relationship towards each other. If it's a child, I don't really see the problem. Um, child, I think childhood is so innocent and there are a lot of, like, they don't, a lot of children just think of each other as friends. They don't really care about the gender and they aren't really tied up in like the same rules that us teens follow when it comes to gender. Um, And what I mean by that is as a child, you don't really think or even know about sex and that's not even really in your mind. I mean, growing up, one of my closest friends was a girl called Lucy. We met when we were four or five in reception at primary school and we're still very close to this day. Um, Growing up, she would come to our house nearly every weekend and we'd have a sleepover. And she would literally come over to our house all the time as our parents were close friends as well. And they were fine with the sleepovers because they knew that all we wanted to do was play and roast marshmallows and just do general kid things. I mean, it never even occurred to us that we were different genders. We just saw each other as friends and that was just the way it was. However, I think the switch can be flipped if we're talking about older children like teenagers. It is true. Teenagers have sex. That's what's happening. And I can see where some parents may be reluctant to let their teenagers sleep over with someone of the opposite gender. I should hope that parents know that their kids are going to have sex eventually. And I think it really does fall down to the parent. I know I keep saying that, but it is true. It does fall down to the parent. I mean... I'd say a third of my friends are boys and two-thirds of my friends are girls. And we sometimes plan sleepovers, you know, and 
the parents seem to be fine with it. I know that some parents may say no straight away because they're afraid of their child having sex, but what they're really doing is stopping that child from enjoying themselves with their friends. They're stopping them from bettering their friendships and almost implying that boys and girls simply cannot be friends and have an innocent sleepover without the risk of having sex. But on the other hand, a parent could allow it and supervise and everything could either be fine or they could end up having sex. It is true. It truly does depend on the parent's boundaries. And it also depends on the child's relationship with the other child, whether it be a friendship relationship or sexual relationship. Yeah, <laughs> very good. I love you, Carlitos. Yeah, very... That was really good. Yes, well done, Carlitos. We, we must be reminded of that. Teenagers do have sex. Well, yeah, and they're we going to. We mustn't be so frightened of it. What we must do is make sure they're informed. We must tell them about sexual it's all about safety, diseases, isn't it? about contraception, about um, consent, yeah. about all of those things. Uh, and I think what can often happen is we can forget all those conversations we're supposed to be having yes. by obsessing with how do we stop them from yeah, having yeah. sex. I do, and actually, those are the really important discussions. I do think an awful lot of parents are actually, because we come from a slightly different generation, I think there's a sort of strange maturity at times in the younger generation that we just didn't have. Mm. You know, it was far more binary, quite literally, yeah. when we were younger. And so it was all behind the bike shed and all that kind of stuff. Generationally, you know, the generations that came before ours, maybe a bit before my mum's, were, you know, a bit more conservative. I mean, yours was different. You felt very cradled and held in a very honest and safe safe space. But let's have a listen. Let's just read out some of the um, socials that people have come, uh, contacted us uh, with. Now, before we record each episode of our podcast, we ask you to get involved on social media. Hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to get in touch on our Instagram, it's at Nadia and Family. On Twitter, at Nadia And if you're a little bit scared of Nadia and a little bit worried that she might tell you off, you can always come to lovely, cuddly old me at, at, on Instagram at Mark underscore Adderley. Um, Tralala says, age of consent, safer if you're home than elsewhere. If they're going to have sex, they're going to have sex. Consent by both sets of parents is how we tackle it. Um, yeah, dialogue with parents of other children. Should that happen? You know, if, if like you've got a boyfriend, we've never picked up the phone to a boyfriend and said, are you OK with uh, Johnny? Oh, standard? no, I couldn't do that. I mean, that seems very Maybe it's formal. different when you've got a son. Maybe. I wonder if it's different when you've got a son. But we've never had a phone call for permission no. or, or sort of form, no. formality saying, are you OK? I mean, that would be, that would make me feel deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't like that. That'd be like booking in something. <laughs> it's just, but, yeah, what do you mean? What are you I saying? But I think it's a responsible attitude. I think sometimes we're a bit irresponsible. I think that that's a really good idea. And um, if that makes you feel safe with yeah. Parent and the other person, yeah. because imagine I'm just trying to think if you've got a son and the son's bringing the girl home, and you might be thinking, do her parents know this, or do they think she's at a different place having a different sleepover? Uh, well, I about, think that's probably quite a good idea. We are always. I have to. I do worry sometimes that when we're talking about these things, we, you know, what about for those parents out there who have the most uncooperative teenagers? Yeah, exactly. We're blessed with teenagers that yeah. that talk like that and want to be con connected, that even contribute to this conversation. I mean, what do you? do if you've got a, a no talking I don't want to talk don't tell me what to do I don't want to know and you don't know where your child is going with a daughter or son you don't know who they're bringing up to their room because you're maybe scared of actually confronting maybe, them. I think sometimes people are scared of the conversation like the really I mean we have very difficult conversations don't we that mm. are embarrassing sometimes and I think yeah it, <laughs> 
That conversation is all we should have to have, I can tell you. Masrianne says, if it happens, it happens. It can even add to the excitement and naughtiness of it. I have to confess, it did for me when I was younger. It was mm. much more thrilling running up the stairs of Jane's house than uh, than uh, the thought of it just being, you know, in the same bed. Um, Lee's 73, if you've educated them to be safe and you don't want to make sex a dirty thing, it's okay. It, it, that's, that's a good point. That's, that's, a dirty thing that's, is a that's good thing. That's where I, I, very, yeah. I very much um, agree with you on that one. Yeah. Sue's ad 68 says, with the possibility of sex? Question, question, question mark. No, not if they're under 17. Ew. If you were in the next room. Is there an age component to See, this? that's interesting. Ew. If you were in the same next room. And I agree. I agree. Do not want to hear them. I no. would not want to hear them. Just like we don't want them to hear us yeah exactly but is there an age thing well i mean the age of consent is 16 16, yeah isn't it so i mean the law says it's okay at 16 but you can have one 16 year old who's a very very different from another 16 year old i think again it's about people mature at different ages so uh messy hair and muddy boots great name boys and sex nine times out of ten friendships of the opposite sex are innocent be open and honest and give them some trust. They're not all sex mad teens. Oh, is, I love that. I yeah, agree with that. Which has come through clearly. Krith uh, Aduru says simply, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, I think that's just the very idea of yeah. sleepovers. Yeah, but if sex. that's what works for you, that's the right thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Alice Victoria, it caused arguments between me and my dad. I do think there are different issues. I mean, yeah. I'm talking from a position now of having got used to the idea. That's not to say I've found it easy. And if I'm no. really honest, I have lent... And I'm sure many dads do. And you could argue, is that gender conformity? What is it? I don't know. I have lent heavily on the prospect and hope and belief that you're talking to them about this stuff because there'd be nothing more embarrassing than me coming in with hobnail boots. Because, oh, of I course, really, in my essence, I want to just kill all the boys I talk to them about that everything. come through the door. Yeah. Mum and baby brads. My mum never allowed a sleepover, but boys could come over for the evening when I was a teen. Um, the devil does Prada. So many factors to think around age, confidence, mental wellness, trust, responsible for both. And that goes back to, I think, yeah, just sort of summing up. I do think it's really important to remember, and I'm saying this from the perspective of a boy, that sometimes, you know, there's a real problem. I just want to share this thought. When I was being brought up in a very, very feminist household and I had a lot of literature and stuff going on flowing around me, it went in. A lot of it went in and a lot of it really troubled me in quite a fundamental way as as a man and as a boy, as a grown boy who had sexual desires and all this kind of stuff. You know, we're in a society now where much talk about sex, the sex act and everything like that is, you know, we're very across ideas of control and power and who has control and who has power and all of that. Uh, And I think it's very difficult, it's very difficult, where you still essentially have a culture where the onus is on boys to be masculine, but also Mm. deeply in touch with a sort of, not Mm. feminine, but emotional Mm. sort of nuance and and, and Mm. intellect and sophistication that sometimes is just beyond what they've experienced. And, And so I think you can get very clumsy situations that can get out of hand or be misread mm. by various members of, of, the, of an age mm. group. Mm. And so I suppose I just want to spare a thought for the fact that, you know, you, there is a strong argument perhaps sometimes that, you know, that's one reason to have some controls there because mm. you just don't know Absolutely. how things can fall out Absolutely. of control. Yeah. We've got a dog here who's who's very fed up with this conversation yeah. all about she wants a sleepover, clearly, Toffee. <laughs> she does. So there we go, guys. 
Thank you. That was really good. I'm just sitting here just thinking and reminding myself that this isn't a podcast about advice. This no. is a podcast about sharing yeah. our thoughts, our past. And, you know, a lot of the time we get a lot of this shit wrong. Yeah. So it's just us ruminating. And here's just one final thought from Mrs. Sarah Jordan, who says, no effing way. How disrespectful. <laughs> Crikey. Uh, OK, I'm going to be creeping up the stairs again. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. You can use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review, tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Ta-da! <laughs>